I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I am Melissa Maley, the spy. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half. I'm Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash abcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash abcpod. And there's a lot of books you could be reading now. <laughs> Read all the books. We have so much time. Listen to all the books. And apparently Audible just made hundreds of titles free at the moment. That's nice. I think mostly children's. So if you got some okay. kiddos at home, maybe go check that out. Get them, mm-hmm. get them some literature knowledge stuff. Um, I'm in the middle of uh, Room to Dream, which is this very interesting, exclusive to Audible um, about David Lynch. It's oh. part biography, part him rambling into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> It's really, really interesting because basically the biographer will take a chapter on a part of his life and then they'll have asked him like what stories uh, he remembers from that time. It's actually very interesting. Hmm. It's like a audio biography and a biography, but he's like, I knew this man, Jimmy Two Tones or whatever, (laughs) whatever it is. It's wild. (laughs) Oh Uh, my God. Fascinating. Yeah. Very interesting man. Um, so what was the what name are, again? What name um, of it? Room to Dream. Okay. Yeah. It's also 15 hours. So worth it. God. Okay. Uh, there's also, I haven't listened to the audible version, though I might during this quarantine, uh, the book, The War on Normal People by Andrew Yang and narrated by Andrew Yang. Oh, The War on Normal People, The Truth About America's Disappearing Jobs and Why Universal Basic Income is Our Future. Oh. That sounds fascinating. Seven hours. Yeah. Seven hours? That's a nice crisp. (laughs) Playing Animal Crossing, listening to a book, chilling. Oh, yeah. I don't know about him as a narrator. I'm going to have to listen to a sample first, but... Yeah, that's always like... When authors read their own stuff and they don't hire a voice actor, I'm always apprehensive. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Oh, no. I was looking at you, Tiffany Haddish. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Whereas I would say Dave Dave Barry reads his own books. Like, it's not as good as a narrator, but he knows what he's doing because he's a humor writer. So, like, he gets it. Where, and, like, for Bernie's book, he reads it, and it's, like, in, in his own voice to a point where, like, you can't help but read it <laughs> in anyway. So it's, like, <laughs> who else? Who else could do this? But, yeah. Fascinating. Um, All yeah. right. Today we are doing episode, well, three, because the first two episodes were a two-parter. We're doing episode three of season one of Murder, She Wrote. Right up. And starring Angela Lansbury as Jessica Fletcher. Um, it's called Deadly Lady is the episode title. True. So we have a dark and stormy night. It's very, very stormy. And Jessica's friend comes over and checks in on her. And she's like, I'm fine. I don't know what's wrong with you. And he's like, all right, sounds good. See you later. So the next morning, 
Jessica's out for, I don't know, a run or doing something charming. And she comes back and she finds a man who's in her garden. And she's like, hi, can I help you? And he just starts. His name is Ethan, by the way. Okay, thank you. Ethan, yes. And then Sheriff Tupper. Sheriff Amos Tupper, played by Tom Bosley. Who had a show of his own called Father Dowling for a while. Yes. And he was on Happy Days. He was also on Happy Days much earlier. And then in the original Broadway cast of Beauty and the Beast, he played Maurice Bella's dad. Yes. Why do I know this much about Tom Bosley? I don't know. (laughs) It was just a weirdly significant part of my childhood. (laughs) That's good. Uh, So, yes, Amos Tupper, the sheriff. And if you've seen John Oliver's recent bit about sheriffs, it makes mm-hmm. you long for an Amos Tupper, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to any of those other guys. Anywho, so so yes, uh, she's coming back from doing something charming, and this guy is in her in her garden and tending to her plants, and he's like, um. Mm, I don't know. This this yard has really gone to seed. <laughs> uh, I didn't do that on purpose. And it's you the house <laughs> the house needs a lot of attention. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, that's all right. I mean, I'm a little offended. I do try to keep up the place, but I guess you're right. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Coming to my house or near my house. Yeah, basically. And but she's very polite about it. And he says, My name is Ralph, and I don't have much money, but I would like a spot of breakfast. But I'd love to do some chores because you need a whole lot of work in order in exchange for meals. And she says, Well, I appreciate that. That seems fair. And she invites this man into her house for eggs. And I am sitting there the entire time wondering why someone who is such a smart lady and a crime writer would ever invite a stranger into their house. That is something that occurred to me as well. I was just like, she knows enough. Like, I'm sure she like has it figured out. Like she's probably figured out like six ways to disarm him. If he is a murderer, (laughs) that's just how I, (laughs) Well, yeah. also through the course of the um, the breakfast, it's revealed that like he's not a not a hobo, and so I right. think she got that right away. So I think that's part of it. Right, she like sees his watch tan and his perfectly tailored clothes, yeah. which he's if new you to saw, this. yeah. Well, if you saw also his shirt, you're like, is that perfectly tailored? Okay, I guess. <laughs> Different standards then, I guess. <laughs> I, but nineties, eighties? Eighties, I believe. I think this is yes. Nineteen eighty four. Oh, eighty four, really? That early? Oh yeah, yeah there okay. were like eighteen episodes like eighteen seasons of this show. <laughs> yeah. It went on yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, and like judging by all the outfits of the ladies that show up later, it's very much the 80s. It is definitely the 80s, yes. Huge glasses. Huge. Just the size of their faces. But... Stand next to each other. Each one gets one glass. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a submariner's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one giant lens covers the whole whole face. But yeah, Jessica's picking up that this guy's lying to her. But it's kind of about weird things. It doesn't it seems kind of harmless. Like why are you lying about this weird detail? Kind of kind of thing. And he kind of gets caught in his lies and he's like, "Well, you know, you're right. Uh I'm pretty new to this, blah blah blah." Okay, fine. And then she gets Oh, he he also tells her that he's read her book and, you know, that she's just the best writer ever, which is goes throughout this series. She says, listen, you haven't read this one because that's an copy. <laughs> so that's another weird thing uh, that he catches. She catches him in. But she gets a phone call from it's from Amos Tupper, right? It's from the sheriff. That's yeah. Good old sheriff Amos Tupper. <laughs> that's right. And. He says, Jessica, there's been an incident down at the docks. Someone has fallen overboard from they their... They can't get up. They can't get up. <laughs> and and please come down. I need your help. Which, this is the first time we get a Cabot Cove mystery, right? Like, this is the first time that we're in her hometown solving something. The, the first one was, uh, like, in New York City, right? Or like Correct. off on a it's like off in the Martha's suburbs. Vineyard, I think. Oh, that's right, that's right. They move there. They originally go to New York, but then they go off to that's right. So yeah, this is they're actually in Cabot Cove, Maine, where this happens surprisingly frequently. <laughs> and it you get the sense that Amos Tupper calls Jessica Fletcher all the time. I was just like, she's just like a consulting detective, which is yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like Poirot. Like, yeah, which have is like... a less like, contentious Jap-Poirot relationship. Right, because uh, Jap does not... She doesn't insert... Well, sometimes she inserts herself, but she... I, I would say during the course of this episode, she does a lot. Um, oh, for sure. But the initial call is from the sheriff. Yeah, so it's his own darn fault. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, continue, Tyler, please. Uh, she gets down to the dock, and... Was that also Ethan there? That was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's so just everywhere. He's a captain. It's kind of questioning, like, why she's there, like, why she was called, and, like, they all... Like, they both have advice on her, like, opinions and advice on her being there and what she should be doing and how this all should be, you know, dealt with. And she's just like, can you just take me to the boat, please? Like, I don't have, I don't have time for this. There's, there's yeah. a possible murder. <laughs> Like, can we, can we focus? So they take her to the boat. She gets, um, Tupper is like, you know, explaining the situation. And she's like, um, can I meet the daughters first? Like, you're being terribly rude. <laughs> 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 so he apologizes. And I was like, no, like, you're, you're at a crime scene. Like, there's no need to apologize for you trying to walk her through the state of things. But okay. Mm -hmm. So we get introduced to the daughters one by one, each pretty much sharing like the same personality. Um, yeah, much except like for the one in Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> They're mostly indis indistinguishable from each other. You got youngest. You got glasses. You got blonde. You got blonde with husband. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. 
um, she introduced like the murder. Like this is the first time that they have like really dealt with other humans other than the sheriff after finding out that their father is dead. And here is Jessica Fletcher talking about some, oh, that's a lovely sweater. Did you knit that yourself? I'm like, girl, <laughs> they just, <laughs> their father just died. Like, can we, can we be cool for a minute? Yeah. And it was a very interesting sweater. It was very. It was not that great. No, it wasn't that great. <laughs> but. I recall the sweater. Though the sweater that Jessica wears is very, very nice. Oh yeah, like a very fun yeah. cardigan, mm -hmm. nautical themed. <laughs> she has some pretty dope fits throughout. She was wearing oh. at one point. She oh, wears yeah. denim on denim. It's dope. Yeah, and she pulls it off. Very few people have. That's right. But if anyone can, it's Jessica Fletcher. It seems. Anyway, the uh, the sisters are now filling Jessica in on the events of the night. How they yes. knew that there was a storm coming, but, you know, given the location of where they are, like, the storms never really make it up that far north. So they thought they'd be fine. And apparently by the time they realized their mistake, it was too late. Um, he had so fallen they, overboard. Yeah. They, like, had gone to check up on him because they realized that he wasn't uh, in the cabin with the rest of them. They get, uh, I think it was Lisa? One of the yes. girls uh, saw, <laughs> saw him, sh says that she saw him get swept overboard. Yeah. Okay, so we got Nancy, we got Maggie, we got Grace, and we got Lisa. Those are the names of the, the ladies. Great. So, um, Amos isn't quite sure about like the story that the girls are telling. And Ethan is, Ethan accuses um, the sheriff at one point of reading too many of Jessica's novels to which he says, so is it how much, you know, I haven't read any. I was like, wow, <laughs> way to be a dick right in yeah, front of he, Jessica. <laughs> she just does not care. Yep. He likes two things. He likes fishing and breathing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so all we know Jessica about him. Then offers uh, to let the sisters stay at her house. They decline, and they're like, "No, we have money. We'll stay in an uh, we'll stay in a B and B." Yeah, <laughs> they might as well just have slapped her across this face and called her an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> really, might as well have. They were not gracious at all in declining oh, but, uh, her offer. So then, but, Jessica, oh, go ahead. No, that's okay. Uh, Oh, no. Wait, I lost it. It's fine. Please continue. Um, Jessica goes home and finds uh, Ralph uh, yeah. asleep in her hammock and just, like, listening to music. And she's just like, okay, are you so don't you have work to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have, like, a cup of tea and, like, he goes, like, to do some, like, chores, I guess, or, like, other work for other people. Oh, and as Jessica's watching, like washing up, like after tea, she like has an epiphany somehow that the sisters are lying. So oh, yes. Ethan, Jess, and the sheriff get together to pay the sisters a little visit. 
Also, Though, um, oh, go ahead. He makes a phone call. He's made a phone call to Paris, not Texas, but another place. Um, the one in France. Not, not the one in France, in the States, somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, that's right, that's right. And also she bequeaths him a pipe that used to belong to her now deceased husband. Ah, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So they go to the B&B where the sisters are staying, right? And they meet with, they meet with all the sisters except for Nan, who right. uh, has, like disappeared but like they're like nobody fears that she's in danger but like they don't know where she is currently seems to be something that happens frequently because she's the youngest and a little bit nuts so jessica applies like the teeniest bit of pressure while questioning the sisters and then maggie just outright confesses yeah Mm -hmm. she says that she shot her father and twice Twice, and then that he fell overboard, and they arrest her because she confessed to murder. And Jessica is like still very unsure if this is quite the case. Like you can just tell in her face in this part of the episode that she is just like there. There's more going on here. Yep, I think like they're taking her out. Like she's being arrested and she's being taken out of the B and B when like. There's like a few press people that arrive, right? Or have I jumped? Oh. I believe you've jumped. Okay. The next thing I remember, at least. You're fine. The next thing I remember is that Jessica goes home and is doing dishes and then sees the drain drain in the sink and has one of her mini epiphanies and goes to her friend Ethan in the boat and is like, look at look at this on his map. And then they go back to the B&B for another parlor reveal because it turns out um, they were in the eye of the storm at that time. There's no way it could have been stormy. No, wait, that's before. I'm so no. sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. You explained... Uh, the epiphany that I was talking about earlier much better than I did because I didn't explain it. I just said she had an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. But I don't know what happens you're, next. You're good. Um, so I, I do believe that the press have arrived. I could be wrong in that. And like by press, I mean like the local reporter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The one from the Cabot, Co- Cabot Cove newspaper. Yeah. And I think it's uh, the gentleman that's covering the story. No, this is like an afternoon or possibly day later uh, when Jessica's interrupted by like this reporter. She's out with Ethan, I believe. Yeah, she's out with Ethan and gets interrupted by the reporter who has gotten mm. the story like pretty much wrong. Um. And he goes to show uh, Jessica Fletcher what he's printed. And she looks at the picture that he attached to uh, his article that he wrote up. And Jessica's like, wasn't this this dead man uh, that we've been discussing? Was he an actor before he was a millionaire business owner? 
And yeah. Reporter's like, yeah, this is this is from an autobiography in the library. Right, like 20 some odd years ago. Yeah. And she then runs back to her house because she's like, I know who that is. He's in my apart in my house. He's just hanging out on my hammock, maybe doing some weeding in my garden. <laughs> Edging my hedges. Ooh, I keep a PG here. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so, and yeah. Ethan thinks she's making it all up. Because apparently she gets overexcited and makes stuff up, which is, I did not know a quality of Jessica Fletcher. I've never known that to be the case. Um, no. But it was very th- weird. Yeah. Um, but he's like, fine, I believe you. And then she's like, by the way, you're gonna you are gonna find him at such and such a time, at such and such a place, right? Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. And then he's nowhere to be found. And so but the next day, two children find uh his body washed up on the beach. I love it. And one of them lets out an ear-splitting scream. Yeah, which, you know, admittedly, they should. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it just seems, it's very much, the director goes, okay, scream now. And the kid's like, okay, and just lets it rip. It's very undirected. (laughs) Yeah. Like. (laughs) (laughs) During the course of this, uh. She's down, she goes and she goes to the sheriff's office. This is a very funny sequence. There's some solid just comedy bits in this show, and I was yes. very appreciative yeah. of it. She mm-hmm. goes to the sheriff's office, and like one of the deputies is like, I can't tell you where the sheriff is because he told me not to. And then she picks up a phone call. It's like, Oh, yeah, the sheriff's down by the beach. Uh, he received an anonymous <laughs> tip on a note this morning so he went down to the beach and then he found the dead body and then jessica like books it out of there and she's like no (laughs) it's very good it's very funny yeah it is yeah and jessica goes down to the beach and sheriff tuppers is just like oh boy she's back he's so put upon (laughs) in this episode and then he's like, well, you're here. I might as well see the note. Um, there's a very, also a very funny exchange. Because <laughs> Jessica goes, evening, Ethan. And Ethan goes, afternoon, Jessica. And it's just very silly. It's just, they have a great rapport. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they have this pair of shoes now at the place where the the that Ralph or Mr. Earl. Whoever, Earl um, was shot, um, or at least wound up. Uh, and Jessica's like, by the way, I suspect to the to the coroner, I suspect that this person wasn't even in the water for twelve hours, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So they go. They bring the body to the local um, funeral parlor. And they have the sisters confirm that it's them. And yes. uh, oh wait, hold on, we missed something big. Mm-hmm. 
we missed over uh, Jessica overhearing the interrogation of Maggie. And Maggie finds out that he is, in fact, really dead. And she's like, oh. no, that that can't be. He can't actually be dead. And the sheriff is like, or the officer is like, um, you literally confessed to killing this man. What do you mean he can't be dead? And then it turns yeah, out that Maggie and the father uh, had cooked up like this fake murder plot to uh, try to trap like Nan's gold digging ex fiance or whatever. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And he sh- he does indeed show up to be like, Hey, you okay? Are you doing good? I heard your dad died. By the way, uh-huh. would love to marry you now. Yeah. Again, because that's not he got, Yeah, he got paid by the father to leave and like to never come back. Oh, right. Mm. Yes. Okay. That's what that's the disconnect. I that's where I was uh not picking up, but that's right. Yeah. I think um, it's at this point that uh Jessica explains to the sheriff that the millionaire was the hobo that was hanging out at her house. So he could not have been mm-hmm. shot on the boat. His theory yes. is dead in the water. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so and it's it, confirmed okay. by the pipe. <laughs> it's confirmed by the pipe being in his pocket. That Jessica gave it yes. to him. So she's like, see, told you. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Ooh. Sorry, this brings up one of my favorite parts in the episode, and I oh, yes. had this written down. Please, please. Uh, the husband of, oh, what is her, the, what's the blonde sister's name? Grace. Oh. Lisa, right? She's Lisa Earl Shelby, right? Okay. Yeah, right? that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the husband is there, and he's like, you know, Mrs. Fletcher, it would have really, it would have been helpful for me to actually write the characters down, not just <laughs> the quotes of what they said. Eh. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> I just said husband. Uh, so the husband says, you know, Mrs. Fletcher, you seem like a very sweet old gal. This is a family affair. We don't need strangers poking their noses where they don't belong. To which Jessica replies, I beg your pardon, Mr. Shelby. But Mr. Earl was no stranger, not to me. And as for my nose, it's right where it belongs. Oh, yes. And she so cycles good. off. It's really iconic. She's, uh, I assume. so good. Out of she's frame, al- she gives him the bird. <laughs> <laughs> she's always so polite to everyone, but also just shuts them down. Yep. Just she takes absolute, absolutely no BS, but she does it in the most polite possible way. Mm-hmm. She's very oh, charming. And I wonderful. love it so much. Fan, so good. I think she so, talks to the gold digger next, right? Yeah. So, oh, well, okay. Yes. I think so. In the meantime, the body has been confirmed and the time of death has also been confirmed by the county coroner. Yeah. They did an autopsy. So that's set in stone. And then we go to Nan and the gold digger in the park with the pipe. (laughs) Um, I love that we're just calling him the gold digger and not actually bothering to figure out his name. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. So, uh, so yes. They're um, in the park. 
And he's like, we should get married. And she's like, not now. <laughs> the timing seems wrong <laughs> with yeah. my father dying and stuff. Jessica rolls in. Yeah, and she's kind of like, uh, she like knows that um, that he knew about the murder because someone pretending to be a reporter rang him up to get a quote about his death. And he tells Jessica right. he gave him a quote, but he won't repeat it. Uh, oh, to which Jessica says, another one of my favorite quotes, I'm familiar with most Anglo-Saxon words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so oh, Gold so Digger was like, yeah, I flew up to see Nan. Um, she met me at the airport. And that's where she was during the first Airbnb questioning. I say Airbnb because I can't just say B&B anymore. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a time. Uh, so Nan met him at the airport after being filled in on the um, plot. Yes. And I think Jessica goes back to the sheriff, but gets... Um... Are we at the shoe point yet? Because they are looking at the evidence and there's... Yeah, she's on her way to the sheriff, but then this happens, what you're about to talk about. Okay. So yes, they had discovered these shoes and then she went and found the heel. And she... She and the sheriff go to the B&B to be like, because Jessica's like, I think, like, let me, let me take this one. I have an idea. Um, and so she goes and chats with Nan about it. And she asks Nan to try on the shoes. And Nan obliges her. And you see her take off her slipper or whatever she's wearing and put the shoe on her bare foot. And it is a perfect fit. And, you know, the sheriff is like, oh, well, since we did find that at the crime scene, I'm going to go ahead and guess that we should arrest you. Because she's like, I've never worn these. I don't know what's going on. But yes, those are my shoes. He's like, but like, it looks real bad because those were at the crime scene. And Jessica's like, but no, I mean... I never said she did it. I just said those were her shoes. And Sheriff Tupper's very confused. And so is Nan. But Jessica says, you know, we should probably take her in anyway. You should probably take her down to the station. And so they make it look like Nan's been arrested. And they say, in fact, that she has. And Gold Digger comes down to the, uh, to the sheriff station. And really reveals himself to be how is how does this he Def was like yeah the go ahead. sheriff is like well accomplices to murder are not treated well uh, we better hope that you know because her whole alibi was that he, she was with him that right. night but there's no yes. real way to prove it because the times don't match up mm -hmm. and so he could be accused of being accomplice to murder and he's like you know what actually i have some business i need to take care of it over in business yep. place i got a business while i go <laughs> yes. do business and yes. he just just straight up jets off to the moon he just goes away so fast 
and uh, Nance overhears all of this and is very disappointed. Yeah, she comes out from the other room where she is clearly not in jail. And yeah, and it's like, well, I guess it's better that you found out sooner rather than later. And she's like, yeah, he's not is he? <laughs> but but Jessica has asked both Amos and Nan to make sure that the evidence about the shoe is not known to anybody. Do you think the sheriff so then, senses that something is amiss? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amos. Sure. I so. Amos. Oh, I, oh, okay. Amos. 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 Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, like day uh, seven of the quarantine, haven't done stand up in a while. You can't win them all. Um, <laughs> man, everybody's going to be so rusty when we get back to this. <laughs> uh, Jessica pays a visit to the other sisters again. Where she promptly uh, tells them all about the shoes. Yep. And at this point, we should probably take a break. Oh, yeah. there guys gals and non-binary folk we here at amateur detective club would love your support and help please visit patreon.com slash adc pod and give us uh, money yeah we're also on Find the scavenger network of... yes we are indeed you can go to scavengersnetwork.com i can't believe you didn't go with scavengersnetwork.net um, you can go to scavengersnetwork.com <laughs> and take a look at the other programming they have. Um, they've been doing a bunch of live streams of video games, including the, the Jackbox game set, which has been um, fun to watch. And I was on that for a little bit a couple of days yeah. ago. They're so trying to keep everybody, uh, keep everybody entertained during the quarantine. Uh, Scavenger is doing a really good job. I did say this on Twitter, and I am upset that we were one year away of calling it 20 quarantine. We couldn't have, it couldn't have come oh. earlier. Such a shame. Truly. Yeah. That's so, my biggest concern right now. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, staying entertained, though, uh, during quarantine, yes. I guess, I mean, there's no... Like real man other than times. that, I guess. Yeah, yes. Trying times. Mm -hmm. um, Company of Fools is doing a series of readings called The Plague Plays. If you want, you can visit uh, Company of Fools, which is companyoffoolstheater.com for more information on how to stream those plays, what plays are going to be performed, and at what time. Yeah. Uh, Tyler and I have both. <laughs> Tyler and I have both uh, read in those plays this week. And the same one, been... though, which is unfortunate. I know, not the same one. Cameron, if you are listening. <laughs> we should try and get and him to do be. black coffee. Um, oh. Or we we should just do it. One of the two. Um, we should probably just do it. <laughs> in conjunction, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll iron out the deets later. Um, yeah. <laughs> now that we're just... 
during our ad break coming up with ideas and spitballing. Listen, listen. <laughs> if people want to see the uh, behind the scenes, how the sausage is made. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then you can always go to the Audible thing. We we did that at the top of the show, so please just go there. Um, but yeah, that's listen to audio books. Go ahead. Yeah. And thank, thank you all. <laughs> thank you all for bearing with us as we figure out how to record best during this quarantine and still keep uh, content going while we can't be in the same room or in a studio or really anywhere. <laughs> we're all in a liminal space. We're all in purgatory right now. We are, uh, we are absolutely in purgatory. <laughs> this is mm. this is the medium place. What should have been the fourth Toy Story? Purgatory <laughs> Story should have been the thing. <laughs> they should have died in that trash chute. Oh, and then uh, gone to purgatory, except for the aliens who do go straight to heaven. <laughs> the claw Mr. picks Botanica them up and like brings them into the next hell. life, where they teach the new toys how to, you know, do do the things. <laughs> Thanks for listening. What, are, we still, are, are we still on the ad break? Is this we still are. the ad break? Yeah, it is. Oh, uh, oh, so oh, let's go oh. back to the... Wait, oh, no, let's oh, not. Uh, Unless you want to do this at the end. Well, I guess no, I've no, gotten no, you no, all no. excited you, you now. Got you got us here. You got us here. We're going to put up a couple more Murder, She Wrote episodes only on Patreon. Yeah. For and oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is real incentive. Do you like hearing me talk about Angela Lansbury? You better say yes. <laughs> Otherwise, she's going to come to your home. <laughs> and breathe on you or something. Oh, God. <laughs> she's going to no. fight you uh, in these streets. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, hop onto the Patreon. Listen and to some good old Murder, She Wrote content. And... Uh, we're no, also I'm gonna... an Angela Stansbury. That's Ooh, right. Oh, there it is. So um, the more support you can give us, the better. Uh, we really appreciate you bearing with us during these weird times. Um, and speaking of that, it's only at, it's at the one dollar level. So it's really just you give us a dollar and you get those episodes. It's really affordable. Um, during this time, it's really important to also like look to people who are artists or freelancers because uh, a lot of us read me lost their jobs or are going to lose their jobs and it's me. uh, <laughs> meaning you. So it's really important that you support your local artists. Also, um, yeah, uh, to what Melissa was saying is we're going to start doing these weekly because we have nothing but time on our hands. Um, so here we go. <laughs> and we're back. So just... <laughs> Jessica is at the B&B with the other and she's talking to them about these shoes and she's trying to figure out, you know, were these, you know, was Nan definitely wearing these shoes and asks a couple of the other sisters if she, they wouldn't mind uh, if she searched their room for the shoes. Cause she doesn't have them with, she's kind of 
going under the pretense that sh- they're looking for the shoes and trying yeah. to figure out whose room they're in. Mm-hmm. And because she has the heel. Yes, that's right. And mm-hmm. uh, she has the heel, but she doesn't have it with her, which is important um, because she's not shown it to them. So, oh, she does have it with her. She just doesn't, uh, whatever. I'm cutting, uh, really dicing. What's the term? Uh, mincing, mincing words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. So she. Order she wrote. Is that anything? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, one of the sisters is completely incensed at the idea that she would want to search her room. Yeah, another one says, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and search my room. And then Maggie says, yep. I mean, I have no problem with you searching my room at all, but Nan and I were not the same size and pink really isn't my color. Um, And then she hands Maggie a bag. Maggie. Maggie a baggie. And she gives this to the sheriff. Yeah. And she says, peace. And she goes home. Uh-huh. And at home, she hears a, her window being broken. And you see boots going up steps. And creepy, creepy steps. Creepy, 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 creepy steps. And she then uh, you see Jessica sitting in her living room, I guess, in a chair. Uh, where you can then see finally Maggie standing there having just broken into her home. And Maggie and Jessica have a chat. And Jessica says, well, if it makes any difference, I knew it was you before the shoes. However, the shoes gave it away because I never mentioned that the shoes were pink. So clearly you planted them. And you also did the setup so that Nan would be sure. You were the one who called Gold Digger ex-fiance to say hey dad's dead so that he would be you know he she would be gone during the time that he was actually killed so she wouldn't have a solid uh that the dad was actually killed so she wouldn't have a solid alibi and then maggie says well yep i really hated my dad and he loved nan and was so good to nan all the time and I did all this stuff for him until so he had to die and she had to go down for it. And she pulls a gun out of her pocket and Wild. Jessica's like, yeah, Jessica's like, she says, I really hate to kill you, Jessica. I do love you, but I have to. And they will the just. Only one like that was really turned on during that monologue where she was like about to kill Jessica. <laughs> it's me. So. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I'm okay. gonna okay no Turned on. no she does some yeah. good acting though she almost cries she got some of that yeah. like, got some of that Emmy juice going but like no I'm sorry Tyler you are alone on this I'm sorry <laughs> sorry friend but uh, okay. she she says it will look like a blur just broke in and you got in his way and Jessica's like, knuckle crack. Really now? I don't think you want to do that. And reveals that she has had the receiver off the hook the entire time because she called the sheriff immediately and he's listening into the entire conversation. And 
Um, then she picks up the phone and says, I think you better come down here. And he comes down and arrests Maggie, who did it all along. Mm-hmm. But, but the first time he wasn't dead, and then the sec- second time he was, and she really did shoot him. Nice in the chest with um, a different kind of gun. Very yes. smart that way. Yes, yes, yes. Different kind of gun than she was revealed to have had. Yes. Um, what'd y'all think? I thought it was a very enjoyable episode of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, one of the first, of course. And so really setting the scene. Oh, one thing that is totally bizarre that I had forgot happens in Murder, She Wrote is they do like little inner intercut scenes from yeah. the episode about to come right at the top of it. Yeah. Where you like hear people confessing to murders and hear like really seemingly important it's like a weird trailer for the episode at the Which top very strange it's i think so some bizarre. animes do that but other than that i've never seen anything like that in television yeah and now that i am thinking about it murder she wrote did that pretty consistently so i had just totally forgotten about it um but regardless and the opening is always a delight seeing her ride around on her bike with a basket in cabot cove my boyfriend is humming it in the background um (laughs) but but yeah no uh it was a pretty solid murder she wrote episode um i think i'm gonna give it a how many how many are we doing how many typewriter out of five Uh, yeah i'll give it 3.5 to four typewriters very cool um I thought it was really enjoyable, uh, like four and a half out of five, uh, solid comedy, very engaging. Like having watched, I watched Poirot and then I watched this one and going mm. from one to the other is like so clearly how they're paced differently and how much more engaging in a, and I think it's like the difference between American and British television that, uh, people you can just are like, well, this is the kind of story we're telling. It's slow. If you don't like it, it's fine. Whereas like, I feel like with American shows, they're like, even the cuts are quicker and like the scenes are smaller and it's just like, I don't know. I think you could already see that people were adapting to the quote unquote MTV television style during this time. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really funny. Um, She's really solid, very good performances all around. Um, But specifically her and Ethan have a great, I like their rapport a lot. It's very, very, very well done. Um, Very funny, a lot of comedy in this one. Um, Side note, there's an episode of Monster Factory where they make, they make um, Jessica Fletcher, (laughs) but she investigates dinosaur mysteries because there's a game with dinosaurs. Highly recommend you look it up. It's very That's funny. Fun. Very like weird. That. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, solid four out of five. The other reason, four and a half out of five, the other reason that point five is there is because I don't, this is the second episode, so I have no idea if it gets better from here. Very strong start. Yeah. Tyler. Four out of five. I had a great time. Angela Lansbury is always a treasure. Yeah, I've lost my train of thought, but I had a lot of fun. <laughs> four out of five for you, too? Um, anything else? Yeah, just hop on our Patreon, and at the $1 level, we're gonna 
record a couple more of these. We don't, not immediately, but we'll have, uh, we'll have some, some new episodes for you in the next, in the coming weeks. Cause we're mm-hmm. here. We might as yep. well record some podcasts. Yeah. And we're also once again, going weekly. So that'll be fun for at least a little bit. We'll see yeah. how long that lasts. Um, but it might last as long as till August. We'll, Frequency. Um, <laughs> we'll see. All right. I call this York. it's an adventure. Uh, <laughs> all right. I call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close.